Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. This week's episode of the Bench Time Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. If you want to become a patron of the show and get some cool gear, uh, I think there's a custom scratch-built building involved in one of the levels of patronage. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash HOScaleCustoms. This week, we want to thank Jeff and Tim, our newest patrons. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, it means a lot. And if you're not quite ready to become a patron just yet, you can head on over to iTunes, give us a review. We like five-star reviews. Or... You can just share your, share our podcast or share this episode with your friends, share them with your model railroading groups. Um, we really appreciate all the traffic and, and all the love we get from you guys. So enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley of HO Scale Customs. This week, we are excited to have Ron Poitomani on the, on the podcast, and he has won a couple big national... Uh, NMRA contests and uh, a few other things that we're going to talk about with him. So, welcome to the show, Ron. We appreciate having you on. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Um, Hi, Ron. I, I know we've seen a lot of your work online, and we're going to dive into some of the uh, contest work you've done and kind of what goes into getting ready for those shows and those po- and those uh, those contests. So, uh, I'm excited to hear about it. All right. Yeah, there, there's a whole host of, of questions that we'll have for me tonight because uh, Ron isn't always only just a modeler. Um, he also helps out with the expo as well. He's going to be doing a clinic. We're going to get into that as well, too. At the expo, he's going to be offering a clinic. And, um, and then, of course, he's got some lots of builds that he's done, and we're going to get into that. He has a couple of very in, inspiring uh, stories to tell as well. So, um so, Ron, as a modeler, when you got started, when was that? I mean, was it, is it like everybody else with the, you know, the train set around this Christmas tree as a kid? With you, how did it get going for you? What was the well? Problem? Actually, for me, with model trains, it started with me um, when my brother got married, and uh, we were taking pictures in Pennsylvania, and we actually took pictures above uh, top of a uh, S1 locomotive in Steamtown. And I was looking around, and I was like, this place is pretty cool. And uh, that basically what started Model Trains um, for me. Huh. And, and um, Steamtown, for the listeners, do you want to tell them where that's at in Pennsylvania? Yeah, it's in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, if you haven't gone, you should check it out because they have some pretty cool stuff up there. And uh, it's definitely an awesome place to visit. I've been there a few times already. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of railroad history in Pennsylvania, obviously as we as we know. But you know, we we live close by to the Strasburg Railroad. Uh, there's the Harrisburg uh, and the Noble Rail Yards, which are just monstrous, and we're the hub. Uh, of the railroad industry during the Civil War uh, on through. So it's, um, it's a lot of the railroad history in Scranton and Wilkes-Barre. And, uh, the, you know, of course, the coal mining industry uh, has you know, used the railroad industry as well. That's cool. I, I'll be honest with you. I have not been to Steamtown. I've been to Scranton, and not, but not checked out the train the train side of Scranton. So that, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Now, um when when you got started in model railroading, uh, you know, doing that with your brother, um, did uh, when did when did you graduate from? Did you jump right into fine scale modeling, or did you just, or, or did that take some time? And what was the bug that got you going on the fine scale modeling? 
or the yeah. um, well the bug the bug that got me into fine scale modeling. I was going to the uh, I joined the NMRA, and uh, I was at one of the uh, the meetings that we had in our local division, and um, Robert Seckler um, was given a presentation on building craftsman kits. So there was after the meeting there was a hands on uh, presentation. Basically, you go and you actually build a kit. So the kit that um, we all built was uh, from Jimmy Degnan's uh, railroad kits. Mm-hmm. It was a single bay garage with a door on it. Um, real small <laughs> kit, probably like maybe two and a half inches square, real tiny, tiny kit. Um, but that kit is the one that got me into fine scale modeling. So uh, between that kit and, and Robert, those are the reasons why I model fine scale stuff now. Well, and, you know, and, and uh, Jimmy's kits, we, we talked with Jimmy a couple weeks ago, and we were discussing the fact that uh, his garages that he has are some of the, and some of his uh, smaller kits that he has are, are both ideal for the modeler to get started on uh, just simply out of, you know, simply the cost factor, the size, the size of it is very simple build. Um, but then it just, you know, he has all different styles of kits and all sizes, but he's probably the best one at putting together some beginner kits to get people, you know, get their feet wet in the modeling and, and uh, doing some fine scale type kits, you know, oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. it's a, his price points on his kits are awesome. And, uh, we 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 got into that pretty heavy now. Now from um, you know you, you've done some contests. We well, we're going to get into that here now. But but um, what what step? At, what, at, how long were you modeling uh, structures when you decided, hey, I'll, I'm going to enter into my first contest? I entered actually. Um, I entered in my first contest was at my first expo, which was in. Um, Strasbourg, and uh, actually it turned into a family trip, and uh, I built a little um, lobster uh, house that I saw up in uh, Rock Harbor, Cape Cod, and um, I I stumbled across this this, this lobster uh, business, and I said, that'd be pretty cool to build, so I kind of walked the building, got a measurement, took a picture of it, and then uh, I started modeling it. And um, it ended up taking second place in the four by four category. Oh, that's oh, wow. really cool. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it, it, got... it was definitely a cool model to build because it's completely scratch built. I didn't know what I was doing, um, and it was just a square. I didn't yeah. have any roof detail on it or nothing. It was just a, a simple <laughs> little, simple little building. Simple little building, and you just put the details to it, and said, "Let's go with this." And, uh, and you, you got know, second he, place. And it was scratch built too, which is pretty awesome. You know, I mean, to, to just on your first was that your first scratch build, or have you done them before you did that? No, that that was my my second scratch build, but it was my first contest modeling right. contest. Uh, oh. I, I didn't know I didn't know anything about a contest, you know, <laughs> and that was my first one I did. Oh, that's 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 awesome, and then and of course you've entered other uh, contests through the years, and then of course, um, uh, and then you uh, you did the one for the NMRA. Was that that was last summer? That was last summer. Yeah, um, that one I actually uh, was in the expo as well. I ended up taking second place with that one, and then um, we decided to take another family trip 
down to Florida and kind of made it, since it was Orlando, we did a combo uh, NMRA Disney trip. And um, I was thinking, I said, maybe I should bring this, this model down to uh, the contest and see what it can do. And uh, a friend of mine actually said, why don't you bring it down? I said, all right, I'll try. But the problem is uh, getting it there was a chore um, because of what it's made out of. And I have 17 LEDs in there, so it's it's packed with, with uh, wires. And uh, between that and the TSA, you know, I had to make sure I had pre-clearance before I brought on a plane. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, um so, so when you let's say you are going to travel with a model like you did, and you ca- you carry on a plane, I mean, what all goes into when you go to pack it? And because I've never traveled with a model on a you know where I didn't actually have it with me on my hands on it to make sure it's secure. What? How do you pack it to keep it from get all boogered up? Well. Um, what I did is I went and I bought one of those um, metal briefcases with the foam in it. Like, you know, you, and it's actually a toolbox for, like, I guess TV repairmen back in the mm-hmm. day. And um, what I did is I took the foam and I cut it out into the shape of the model. And it just fit into the briefcase. So it, was, it, was, oh. it worked very well. Yeah. But then what I did is I also took additional foam and I braced it so the model would just not, wouldn't move at all in the, in the briefcase. Oh my! So, and I had to do like a pre-check in with TSA and everything. So, uh, oh my word! Yeah. It, oh it wow. Out well, they oh, just told me whatever you do. I told them what what it does. I said you can. I have a battery. You put the battery in it, and the lights come up. And they yeah. said, no, that's fine. They said whatever you do, do not put the battery in with the model because it'll cause a problem. I said, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now. Um, so it, it obviously is not going to move in there because you tight packed it. But yeah, I guess you can't over tight pack it either because you, know, you cut that just a little too tight and you get any pressure whatsoever on it. I mean, I guess there could be damage. Now, it, um, when you got to your destination in Florida, did did what did you find? Was anything broken off of it, or everything was in, entirely intact? No, everything was intact. Everything oh, that's, that's insane. That's a, that's pretty cool that, that you were able to do that. I mean, like I said, that's been my I, – I freak out when I got – I live, uh, what, 25, 30 minutes away from Brett, and yeah. we we build the layout in his house, and I'll finish a building, and I put it in my car, and I'm scared to death that something's going to happen in my car <laughs> that is just or whatever. And um, and I even have it on the front seat next to me, you know, and, and uh, I'm just uh, – I'm petrified, but um, wow, I can't even imagine how the anxiety I would have trying to put it into a suitcase and, and, and put it on a, t- on a flight and try to get it through TSA and everything else. Oh, my goodness. But Well, uh, going down, it wasn't bad, but when I, when I got there, I decided just to, uh, when I packed it initially, I saw a couple spots that I wanted to add more weathering to, but I ran out of time, so I just packed my, my tools with me, uh-huh. and uh, once I got down to Florida, I just finished, uh, I added some little bit more rust on it and stuff here and there, oh, sort of finishing touch on it. Oh, that's cool. So you, you got it there, and then you worked on it and and everything. Well, that yeah, you know, I guess you could take just about everything but your hobby knife, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can pack it in your bag, I guess. But yeah, yeah. It, but it worked out. Uh, that's 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 pretty awesome. Now, um, so let's let's walk through the. I don't I don't think a lot of people you know that are modeling out there. I'm sure there's a bunch that, that do watch, but that have had you know 
models in shows and, and such. But um, what all, what's what's the process? What, I mean, what do you have to go through to enter your to enter your model in the contest? The guidelines. I mean, to make sure that your model is ready. Uh, to be a you know a solid contender for a model contest like that. Well, well, when you walk into the contest room, I mean the registration process is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You just uh, give them your paperwork and then they tell you where to go put the model, and that's pretty much it. But it's um, the judging is where um, they come around and they look at your model and they judge, and you have to provide all the paperwork proving that your model meets. Um, that criteria. So you have to describe all the stuff you you, you did. Um, not write a novel, but you have to document everything that you did um, in all the different categories. So what I did is I put together um, a binder and I put it into sections and the sections were all the judging sections. So when they came up to the model, they just flip right to the section and then they, they, they go over it and then they discuss it. Huh. Oh. Now, which is a problem when you I've never um, seen before. <laughs> yeah, now the expo, it's not done that way at the expo, correct? It's done a little bit differently at the expo. It's a, it's a um, it's a panel of judges that go in and, and they they judge your model, right? Um, but it's not the same criteria as the NMRA. Um, right. Obviously, you don't have to prevent you know present paperwork, but. Um, now you did the expo before the before the NMRA or after? Yeah, I did the expo one, two, four times. No, I meant with that with that model. Oh, just once. Okay, was that before or after the the NMRA? Oh no, that was that was the uh, that was a year before. That was a year before. Okay, so so what you had to do then is. You you already won with this at the expo, and then mm-hmm. or and then you had to take this thing and you got to just sit down long I guess well after you build it, and you've got to document how you build it, and this is some time after, you yeah. know, so yeah. so now you've had to construct a, basically a little portfolio of of your build, you know, and try and memorize or remember everything that you did on it, which. Uh, was that was that tough for you or not really? Well, lucky for me, I, I when I build stuff, I take lots of pictures and yeah, I take notes okay. of how I how I do stuff because you know I do so many different techniques and I have to jot this stuff down to make sure I don't forget it. Um, right. So I did take a lot of pictures of this build um, just to show different steps of it, and um, you know that was just for me. It, I you know that wasn't for the NMRA contest. I just did it for me, uh, but it proved to right. be very helpful when uh, when I entered it. Yeah, that's yeah. something we do oh, a lot great. of. We we kind of photo, even if it doesn't become a post on our website or anything. We kind of do our own little photo library of of steps of our builds, so yeah. it, it makes it easier to go back and like, oh yeah, that's what I did for that thing, or that's that's I remember that step now. Right, or if we want to write an article or something on on something for the website, yeah, um, or yeah, it's easy to go back and say, oh, you know what? Here's a photo of what I'm trying to describe that I'm doing to them, uh, to what I'm trying to describe a, a tip or a trick or something that we did. It's easy to just dig back in there, right? Just, yeah, yeah. Just like just yeah. like Ron said, it's easy to. I know I know for us, it's easy to uh, to 
get working and try something new and 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 forget what we did just because we were doing so much with it. So uh, that's kind of yeah. it's kind of neat to hear someone else does that. Now, now since they're stringent on how they want to. Have you have it all prepared like that? Uh, is their judging pretty stringent? I mean, what's the, to what extremes does that go? Well, it's all based on points. Um, the maximum number of points you can receive on an entry is 125. Um, it's broken down into let's see five categories. I'm looking at my judging sheet right now. It's uh, construction, detail, conformity, finish and lettering, and then scratch build. So, um, and they, then they put notes on the back um, when they judge it. But there's what they how they judge it is they have teams of judges. So they'll have like six or seven people just on construction, and they go to each model and they judge it. <laughs> so they said basically come in a room just so you can see see how it's done. You can't right. talk to anybody, but come come in the room and see how it's done. And then when I walked in they're handing out white gloves to all the judges and flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> and flashlights. Yeah. And it, was, stuff. <laughs> it was serious judging. I never seen anything like it. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. That's a little intense for uh, judging some models. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I understand the I guess the white gloves, but man, the flashlights, man, I I, I can imagine where things get hidden in in you know uh, I don't know shadowy recesses of, the, of a model, and and of course that model, uh, the Waterbury uh, Pen Company, if you've all seen it, it was featured as well in uh, Railroad Model Craftsman. Um, there's a big spread on that, and that was awesome, by the way. Um, Thank you. That um, yeah, that's a that's a structure with a, a lot of different little cool angles on it and roof lines and and um, of course you know I can see where they would have like you know on something like that um, some shadows and, and such, but um, you know what what are some uh, key features when you know you're going to put together now I'm sure you want to build all your models to where they show quality the best you can, but um, when you know you're going to enter a, a model into a show. I mean, yeah, the pressure's on probably a little more, but um, what are some, uh, you know, have-to sticking points for you that, you know, that that make your models, you want to make your models extra special for? Well, one of the things is you want, I mean, you don't, it's it's tough because, like, the Waterbury Pen Company, the original building is a square building, Mm -hmm. and I saw how I got to build it as I saw it in one of my New Haven Railroad books. I was like, Waterbury Pen Company, that's pretty cool. And, and it confuses a lot of people because they think it's in Waterbury, Connecticut, but it's actually it's in Bridgeport, or it was in Bridgeport. Um, so I didn't want to build a square building because it, it's really, it doesn't really show any interest to square building sometimes. You know, it all depends on what you're building. Sure. But um, So I started looking around and trying to figure out how I'm going to make a building interesting. So I started driving around Bridgeport and looking at all the different factories uh, that were there back in the 50s because a lot of them are still there. They're just abandoned. And um, I started taking different pictures of sections of, of a building that I like. And I take that section and, I, and, I, and I'll put it aside. Say, okay, I want, somehow I want to incorporate that roof line into the building. And then I will see something else that I like and say, okay, now I want to incorporate that. 
So I'll get four or five ideas right. together, and then I'll start with a template. And and I'll try to sketch it out as best I can. But the next thing I do is then I, I get the measurements, then I build it out of a chipboard. I actually build it, a cardboard mock-up of it. Right. And um, just to see if it actually works. So yeah, um, I, I, I always wise lay out online yards. What was that? I said, it, I, I you know, it's always good to do a mock-up like that on if you can. And uh, I've heard, uh, you know, I, actually we had um, that was State Ferry said he does that for just about every model he does. Yeah, because you, you make that 3D model of it just so you can actually see it. Having a footprint helps yep. so you can determine the size, but actually seeing it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, then we'll go through it, and then I'll start uh, – putting where I want to put my windows and figure out how I'm going to build this. And then, then I get my materials and I start, and then I go to town and I start with a drawing and what do we got? Right. right. Well, like I said, it's what, you know, looking at it and, and checking it out. The one, I think one of the key features of that, of that particular model that, that we were talking about is your walls are just really, really well done. Um, they, you know, the, the weathering that you do to the walls and of course uh, the you know, painting and, and such before you get to the weathering part it's it's really it's really nice I mean it, the details are there and uh, and it's it's I think it's one of the finer features of, of your structures or how you do your wall sections but oh thanks yeah the um, um, I'm sorry go ahead the thing I, I also do is the roof lines mm-hmm so you know, to make it yes. more interesting, I'll do different different roof lines, mm-hmm. um, different angles, and then I'll try to that get has a ton of too. Yeah. yeah, 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 it did. I, and I try to incorporate as much as I could without it being ugly looking, but I want to make it look cool. And um, yeah. so I'll put like a um, a loading dock, and I'll put a steel um, roof overhang on it, and then you know another roof output. Um, maybe tar paper. So I'll try to use three, three different types of um, roofing materials if I could. The more, the better, because it adds more variety to it. Right. Oh, that's cool. Now, um, in the it, when you put it on, you had a base. You had it on an actual uh, gator board or something. No, actually, the the water break pen is a freestanding model. It's, okay. Um, it, but what I did for the uh, for the magazine article, I just built a um, just a little diorama to sit on it and stuff. Now, now for the uh, for the uh, the magazine article, uh, how did that all come about? I mean, obviously, you won the show, so <laughs> that's going to be a no-brainer, I guess. And they uh, they want to you know get the, get that in the magazine for sure. But you know, was there much well, involved with that? Or? Well, no, actually, it, it really wasn't because uh, Stephen Priest, the editor of uh, RMC, came up to me and said, "I want to do an article on your building." Yeah. And he says, "I, I know your work, so I want to do an article." I said, "Okay, yeah, that's good, fine, that's cool." I was honored. I was actually like, pretty sure. Clear. Um, sure. Because I ended up winning the um, the RMC award uh, for that building, oh. among, among it, a few other awards. Yeah, that is uh, that when when I got it in the mail and checked it out, I was like, oh my gosh, that kid there is sick. You know, it's just definitely awesome. And um, you know, the, um, 
Now, did you do the photography for that, or did or did he do that? No, I actually um, a friend of mine, Doug Fosco, helped me out with that. Okay. Um, he did the um, the photography on that, and then um, some of the pictures they're photographing at um, at the show as well. Okay. Yeah. 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 They are, and and now. Yeah, of course we know Doug's awesome with the uh, photography with buildings like that, and, and uh, wow, what a what a great friend to have <laughs> photography yeah. do the photography for your for your structure. So uh, speaking of that, you said you have a little story about your first model. Um, yeah, you want to tell us that story? That I, yeah. Um, well, what got me into building craftsman kits was was Robert and Robert Seckler and. Um, I took his clinic at the NMRA uh, meeting, like I said earlier. So I stayed there for a couple hours, and I built this little building. I was so proud of it. I came home, showed my wife, and she wasn't too impressed with it. But you know, but it was it was it was the pivotal point of of me entering into, I guess, the craftsman kit um, end of fine scale modeling, and and um, I always keep this downstairs on my on my layout. I have a glass case where I have all my like the brass locomotives and some of my uh, New Haven stuff. But I keep this in the glass case as a reminder where, you know, I guess you call it my journey started with Craftsman kits. So I actually dated it and I looked at it. I didn't realize how long ago I built this, but it was back in 2012, May 12th. So, oh um, so that's, I put my first kit and then uh, I put the date. But I, use, I just keep it as a reminder, you know, about, you know, what this kit did. I mean, the friendships that it made, the stuff that I've learned, and uh, you really, you know, it's pretty special. Yeah, I guess really, really cool to keep your first kit, and um, you know, it's just I do the same thing. I know Brett still has his first, uh, his first scratch built that he did. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a little bit different of a story. <laughs> it was just a, uh, I keep it, I keep it because it's a reminder of uh, what I've, how far I've come and learned, just because of how uh, how funny it is now, but. Uh, no, it's the same thing. I keep a kit, or not a kit, but a scratch build on my shelf here that I made. That's not even, it's it's not even like to right scale. It's it's just bad. I was just throwing stuff together. But uh, you know, it's a, just a reminder of where we all came from. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and that was made out of what, Brett? It was made out of popsicle sticks. <laughs> but it's the best popsicle stick building you'll ever see. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not laughing at it because I had some. I had some that, uh, you know, just uh, did not uh, do not uh, would would never make my layout for sure. And uh, it's just, but yeah, yeah, you hang on to them, and hey, if for nothing else, you can look back and, and look where you where you began, like you guys, you both were saying. But then also, you know, I might need a part for something off of one of them too. <laughs> but um. Now, um, you know what you were saying about the friendships in modeling. I mean, yeah, you know, that's obviously very important to you and and to everybody else. I think we talked about that before on the show about how this hobby, you know, if you're into it and you're meeting new people and getting out there, and you know, unless you're one of those recluse people that sits in your basement all by yourself all day and just builds and nobody ever sees your work, um, and there's plenty of people to do that, and it's a shame because there's some amazing stuff I know that's out there that nobody will probably ever see. Um, you know, the the hobby itself, 
uh, you and I were talking a little bit last night about about this, and um, you know the friendships and, and such that you can make in this hobby. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's uh, it's great. Everybody helps each other in this hobby. Um, you know, is that your take as well? No, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and what's great about this hobby, it really creates lifelong friendships. It's not just a regular friendship. It's lifelong friendships. Sure. Um, and you meet so many great people that are willing to share uh, the ideas and techniques and willing to help you, you know, do the right thing and, and, and show you different te- techniques. And, I mean, it, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, because that's, you know, by meeting Robert and – starting with that little kit and then that led to something else and then you know he told me one time you don't have enough yellow boxes in your basement so <laughs> I started buying more craftsman kits and it was <laughs> you know and then it started um, then I started going to the expo and then I took um, Doug Foskill's first uh, workshop mm-hmm. that he ever did and I signed right up for that and I and I started learning I started teaching myself and learning from others and stuff like that and before you know it you know Six years later, seven years later, I mean, yeah. it's it's paying off, you know. Yeah, I mean, seven years later, six years, you're you're winning the National Model Railroad Association's uh, model contest. I mean, which is well, awesome, you know. And yeah, no, a, I was, I'm I'm very humble and I'm very very excited about that. Right. But it's, well, it's it's just you know you just it's it's just a, such a wonderful um, aspect of model railroading to be right. in uh, yeah. the fine scale end of it, you know. Right. Yeah, and, and you're right, and I don't mean to to blow up the fact that you you, you won that. It's just that uh, you you know it's awesome that you're humble about that. I, I you know, but it's important that everybody else is not that, that everybody says, "Hey, you know what? Wow, that's that's awesome." And and I know that hearing that for you know for you is probably like uh, you know it makes you proud. But then you know in the same way you're like, "Oh, you stop it, stop it already," you know. But uh, you know we're not going to do that because we're looking at it going, "Wow, this is this is really this is really badass," you know. So um, now with um, you know the friendships for us is exactly the same. I mean, we've gotten into it now. Obviously, we had the podcast and such, and um, you know, and our website and things, and we're meeting more and more modelers out there that are just coming out of the woodworks um, that. They they're putting up their they're participating with our show they're participating with the Facebook and the, and the website and they're putting up their own photos and it's and, and I'm sitting here going this is this is just nuts the level of talent that is out there and these are names that you know aren't common to the hobby I mean people that that really haven't been out there yet but they're starting to get that that drive by seeing others do it. To say, hey, you know what? I need to share my work, and and when they do, you know, we're all picking up and learning from each other that way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it, it is truly a unique um, experience. I I know there's different fact, factions and uh, sections of the model riveting communities uh, that breaks into little groups. Um, uh, everybody specializes in. I will say that the fine scale modelers side of it. Um, I see, I see it as a, a virtually. I mean, I'm sure it might be out there. I've seen virtually no drama. I mean, I talked. We talked. We've had what 34 shows now. Yep. And 
uh, everybody talks so highly of each other. They all get along. The manufacturers call each other on the phone and talk to each other and help each other out. And they're and they're in business, you know, competing in a way with each other. Uh, but mm-hmm. they don't make it feel that way. And you know, it's 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 a really really unique side of a hobby that I've not seen. You'll see the bickering and, you know, uh, people bad-mouthing somebody else's models and, you know, everybody willing to help. And then those that are uh, learning are willing to accept that help and, and not get all offended if somebody gives them some constructive criticism because it's usually a tip, you know? So, I mean, um, just, you know, with the con- going back to the contest really quick, I mean, the contests are fun. They really are. Yeah. Um, they can be stressful at times if you allow them to be, um, I'm sure. but they're fun because it, it really challenges you to, I mean, for me, I always like to see what can I do next? What, how far can I push myself to, right. to make it look that much more real? I did, the, um, there was an online contest, Facebook contest with the NMRA and, um, I took a couple of, uh, Jimmy's kits and I, I put two of them together and I made a, uh, a welding shop out of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was all online voting and stuff, but it was, it was just a fun build to do, you know, just take two, two kits and, and put it together. And I just took some techniques that uh, a couple of my friends showed me and the sort of stuff I learned from the expo and I created a cool model. Yeah. Now, when you enter, especially maybe your first one, was there any intimidation there or? At the uh, my first model, I didn't know what to expect, so I just brought it down, registered it, and put it on the table. <laughs> I, I had no expectations for it because then I you start looking around. I was like, "What, what the heck yeah. did I just make?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I went, you know, well, I went to the expo last year, and I went into the model contest room, and I was like, I, I went in with my wife and and uh, and Brett. Uh, we all went in there together and, and looked at it, and I was like, "Oh my god." I mean, I like to. I always like to think that my stuff was nice, and then you walk in, you're like, "Oh, I'd be scared to death to put my model in here right now." Because it's just. But then again, everyone else is probably looking at everyone else's work, saying the same thing, like, "Oh man, mine." You know, mine. I don't know if mine yeah. can stand up next to this guy's or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I think it goes with you see you see the flaws in your own work that other people don't see. Uh, when you when you match them up against other people's work, yeah, right, right. But what I learned though is the stuff I learned. What I'm doing now, I learned it all at the expo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, you can't learn anywhere else. Yeah, I mean that's just it. And, yeah, you're and, getting uh, you're getting access to a, a a ton of talent and a ton of knowledge when you go to that when you go to that expo. Yeah, right. I mean, the regular train shows are great. Don't get me wrong, but if if, if you want to learn how to build a fine scale model, that's the place to be. Right, right. Now you're you're going to be doing the clinic at the expo uh, coming up here in Albany. Uh, that's November first or second through the fourth, and um, you're now you'll be. This is your first time doing the clinic at the show. No, I've done clinics for a few years now. Uh, this is my first time doing a platinum clinic. Oh, okay. This, you're doing a platinum clinic. That's where the, the person's actually going to sit down and actually work and build on these things, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's where. That's really cool. And you're, you know, 
that's that's a unique side of of uh, the shows that I really like as well at the expo is the fact that they're day of that um, where you're just sitting down doing the build you have the the, the person that's teaching you the name of the person that's teaching you is you know is a skilled modeler and then they're getting to work hands-on with you you know help you out with any questions you may have and of course showing you what their the technique they're trying to teach you um what what exactly uh what exactly are you going to be working with at the expo well this you know coming up with a cool idea was tough so (laughs) i decided to do a um I like doing mini scenes, so um, and if, if you noticed on the uh, the Waterbury pen, um, if you remember the the wooden bump out, there's a mini scene of two guys working on the roof, yeah, uh, pouring yeah. Uh, pouring tar. So I like to make a real detailed area, but I like to put a mini scene within the structure. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do a mini scene uh, of a billboard, and I was going to make it so where you learn how to build a an actual wooden billboard. Um, we're going to do a stone wall, a weather stone wall. We're going to do basic scenery. And then um, we're going to do painting castings and uh, create like a junk pile of stuff. So, um, oh, that's that cool. cool. Yeah. You know, you don't see many stuff, uh, many clinics or, or people talking about or articles out there about painting the castings. Uh, I mean, that's, that's something you don't see a lot. I know uh, I have not seen much of it. Um, but you know, nobody really gets into explaining how to paint those fine detail castings, uh, or for that matter, um, figures, uh, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't, it's just something that I don't really see explained a lot. Well, that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah, it, it should be good. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna, you know, um, I'm going to time it in a way so when you walk out of there, you know, you're going to have a finished product to, to take home, Not, you know. And right. um, the billboard, what I'm going to do, the billboard is going to be the same one that's on the uh, Waterbury Pen Company, which is a, a picture of a, a ferry boat in Bridgeport. So uh, it'll be a unique little billboard to put there, and then we'll weather up a scene using basic uh, basic scenery techniques, and then we'll, we'll get some uh, castings, and then we'll... Uh, weather them up and glue them down and make a cool little scene. Oh, that's awesome. Now, um, that is that something you, know, you just said you like to do that on your models, uh, the, the super fine detailing of the those, those small details, is that like a, a favorite specialty thing of yours when you're detailing out not just a building but an actual uh, scene on the layout? Do you have a layout? Yes, yes, I have. I've, it's a work in progress. It's uh, New Haven Railroad in the 1950s, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, I'm going to have uh, a lot of uh, old brick buildings on the, uh, plus a lot of uh, regular craftsman kits as well on the layout. Um, two two uh, seaport scenes will be on the layout. Um, mm-hmm. I started doing some scenery already, but I like to put a lot of detail. Um, yeah. On, on the layout, um, the first time I saw uh, Franklin, South Manchester, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe what I was looking at. You know, <laughs> it was every every square inch was was covered in detail. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, so obviously, I'm you know I'm not going to go to that extent, but you know, I like to I like to put a lot of stuff on 
on, on detailed parts on the layout. Uh, because if you look at you know the old books and the pictures and stuff, there's stuff sitting on the side of the tracks, mm -hmm. whether it's barrels or old ties. And if you sure. just go down and look around, there's stuff everywhere. Right. So, and, and, so and we love that too. I mean, that part of it. Uh, it is you are the first guest I think that we've had. I mean, outside of I think Doug um, talking a little bit about details when we had him on a little while ago. But but you're one of the first case I guess that I've talked about uh, that I seen that really loves to do that portion of it or actually talks about it with a passion, and, right. and that's pretty cool. I mean, um, you know, we love that kind of stuff. We love seeing that kind of thing. Um, you know, but I had not yet interviewed somebody who who actually was totally into that, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I like to, you know, I take a lot of pictures when I go on vacation and, um, one of the other clinics I'm going to be doing at the expo is uh, modeling a seaport scene uh, using uh, prototype photos. So it's going to be packed with photos that I've taken over the years and I'm going to create two, two different little mini dioramas. So taking the photos and actually using the photos to create that same scene. Right. So just to show people how, how easy it is and simple it is, just using the products that are available to you now um, with simple techniques and stuff like that. Right. Now, now and, and that's the thing. It's, it takes a special eye, I think, to be able to not just model it, but to be able to envision that. So you're seeing, you know, what's around you where, when you're outside of your home uh, and you're not working on at the at the – HO scale or at any other scale, and you're actually looking at it as you know, through the human eye. What is a routine thing you would see alongside of a uh, railroad track or along a highway or you know next to an old abandoned building and that type of thing? And you're seeing those little details in your vision and remembering them, and then remembering to put them into your modeling. It's a it's a totally different eye of art, in my opinion. So. But yeah. Do you uh? So um, go ahead, Brett. I was gonna say, do we want to get into um? I know we were talking about the expo and his clinics. Is there anything else we want to talk about uh, regarding the expo? I know because you know, Ron helps out quite a bit with it. So uh, yeah, yeah, you've done that. You've done the expo before. So you know what uh. You know, is there something you want to talk to us about? I, I think I just stole this question away from Brett, so go ahead, Brett. No, I was just going to say, is there anything new or exciting that you guys want to talk about um, outside of the clinics? I know you're doing a bunch of clinics with the Expo, but uh, you know, just things you've seen in the past with the Expo and, and kind of what's coming up this year? Well, I know that they're increasing the clinics. Um, I know. That I think there's a few more this year than there were last year. Um, but I know uh, one of the things that I'm going to be doing – personally at um, the fun scale model booth is I'm going to be doing a live build uh, oh, wow. during the expo. So um, I don't know what I'm building yet, but I'm going to be building something. So <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool. So you're going to be, you'll be, you'll be working on that uh, like throughout the weekend. Yes. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, in between the clinics and everything else that I'm doing up there. Um, yeah. I'm going to be uh, building a model. That'll be awesome. And I'm going to have to come up because I'm going to be videotaping some stuff live. And it, how how are you with working in front of a live camera? Are you good with that? Oh, I'll be fine. 
Okay. <laughs> he'll just he'll just he'll just uh, put his head down and keep working there and cranking away on it. That's pretty. Yeah, cool. we're definitely gonna have to catch that because it, it is cool to see somebody do a live a live build while going on uh, while the show is going on. And what a what a perfect opportunity to uh, talk to you. Maybe um, we don't want you to give away all your secrets. That's what the whole clinic thing is about. But um, you know, maybe we'll ask you a couple questions while you're building, which will be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, awesome. I, I just had a couple other questions. Um, what, like, what area or what region do you find you get the most inspiration out of, or what you model your layout out after? Is it mostly the New England coastal towns, or um, where do you find your most inspiration from when you're building? Um, it's most likely the New England coastal towns. Yeah. Um, I just came back from the Cape and. Uh, I, every time we go somewhere, you know, if I see a, uh, like a waterfront or a seaport or there's boats and docks and stuff like that, my wife already knows I'm stopping. <laughs> I'm going to take some pictures for a while. And I'm not taking pictures per se of uh, – I'm taking pictures of boats and stuff like that. But I'm taking pictures of like, like grass growing out of um, uh, a crack in the sidewalk or right. the way um, – the weathering is on a pylon or something like that. You okay. know, I would take, I just take random stuff that I'm looking for colors and stuff like that, that I can duplicate on my own model. Right. Or and, my and own you're, scene that I'm working on. You're probably, you're probably looking for details, not necessarily of the entire building or the entire object. If it's a pylon or a road sign or something, you're looking for like the, the tiny little, uh, minute details when you're driving by you'd probably miss them but but when you look close you you see how it's aging or how how the how nature is kind of abusing that that thing oh absolutely absolutely and then um get the picture of a once a, a pier once stood there and it's all totally destroyed and there's only a few um pieces left of it yeah, and uh, you know, I would take pictures of that. Or Very cool. uh, my favorite is low, the low tide pictures. I love to see the low tide with all the different stuff that comes up with the muck and the oh, I'm sure the stuff that's sticking out of the uh, the muck and whatnot. Old piling sticking uh, so out. That's, and... so, yeah, so that's the stuff that I I go take pictures of, um, and that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. Or even if you see, um, for instance, if I'm working on a brick one of our brick structures, I'll go and I'll take pictures of a brick building and different things about the brick building um that, yeah. that interests me that's uh i was um that reminded me i was in philly uh two weeks ago for work and uh i was kind of in a section where you're near some of the historic stuff so it i mean i don't we don't really model we don't model philly either we kind of are doing the new england or northeastern uh sea town as well mm-hmm. but i did take some pictures where they tore like a a building down beside another brick building where the two ends where the two sides were meeting each other and you see a lot of cool stuff when you just start to just look at look down the alleys or look down you don't want to look down too many alleys in Philly but <laughs> but but when you start to look at the sides of old buildings you you really see things that you if you're driving through most people just wouldn't even recognize so uh, it's cool to it's cool to think about the small details that people ignore usually Right. I mean, if you look at, um, for instance, I'll, I'll bring up Bridgeport again. If you go down to Bridgeport and you knew where some of the sightings were, some of the sightings are still there. Huh. I mean, and the tracks are still in the ground. Um, oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Where I live, um, there's an old rail trail, and um, the tracks are still there. That they, they never bothered tearing them up. Oh, wow. And these tracks have been there since 1947. <laughs> so they're just part of the trail now, and That's they never it. came. You know, they never came to tear them up. That's awesome. Yeah, you just you, yep. you get a lot of you get a lot of uh, a lot of things to detail when you when you look close. So that's that's that was my main question. I just wanted to kind of you like you obviously you like doing the waterfronts. That's a big thing for you. That's a real popular thing. What, what do you what do you think about? You know, I mean, we're into that. It's our our favorite thing is definitely waterfront, and, and it, it seems to be a common theme with a lot of our guests as well. What what is it about waterfronts that draws us to that? What what I, why do you think? I, I have no idea. I don't know. You get a cool. You, you get a cool waterfront, you put a craftsman kit on it, and then you put a track next to it. Uh, it, it does something for me. I, I, don't, think, I don't know. Yeah. It's just... I think the cool thing, at least for me, what draws me to waterfronts, and, and maybe you guys can relate, is with us, we kind of have three layers of of, of terrain on our, or our layout. We have like a higher area, which is kind of rocky, where a middle area where you're coming down off the hill, off the city, into the into the waterfront area and then you have the waterfront which actually sits below the table height so it, it, adding water I think to a layout really connects it connects two modes of transportation you got shipping and you have uh, and freight trains on, on one layout that's that's right. my that's my fascination with it yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what, what draws everybody because it seems to be uh, obviously you know you see something like um, for example, Bruce Nickerson at the show has his uh, Seaport Model Works um, display that he has. Yeah. And it's, it's all waterfront. And, it, you know, of course, him and Dave Furry put that together. But but the thing is, um, yeah, you you look at it, and it, it always has a crowd of people in front of it drawn to it. So it's not just a modeler, it's a viewer as well. Although I think at the expo, most of the viewers are modelers. Um, it, I'm wondering if it's like when I go to a town that has a seaside, or even if you're not a model railroader, you you go you see the tourist attractions along, you know, ocean fronts and harbors, and you know everybody seems to really uh, be attracted to the whole water scene, and um, I think that may have a, an allure to it too. It's the fact that you know this is where people go, you know, not just for fishing or for transportation, but this is where people go to relax. Um, you know, they feel comfortable around that, and you know, maybe it's a way they can recreate that feeling. Maybe it is. A, maybe it's that way for me. I don't know. Um, along and by building a waterfront on my layout, you know, I, I don't know I what it is. It's, I think it's, just, it's the details that you can see in a waterfront that really um, also is, is attractive to the eye. Um, yeah. For yeah. instance, I was at a I was at a marina where they actually lowered the boats down uh, into the uh, water, and on the back side of the wall, there's a big pipe sticking out. And I was like, "That's cool," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and nobody else there watching that would be sitting there going, "That's cool, a pipe sticking out," except for a you know a good model of runner, you know. Right. Yeah, and then so. other people are looking at yeah. me taking pictures, and they're trying to figure out what I'm taking pictures of, and they're like, "What's wrong with this guy?" <laughs> it's just a pipe what the heck we gotta lock him up i think the other i think the other cool thing about water scenes is everyone's is everyone's is a little different i mean obviously everyone models buildings differently as well but everyone's water techniques different and the water always looks like everyone's water uh like the way they create water is a little different too so it's cool to see how other people 
you know, how their modeling techniques change the way they have a waterfront. I just, I see like Bruce's is completely different from Doug's and we've both taken, uh, we've taken it. Well, I guess, um, you know, Bruce's is the, the strictly Mod Podge and Doug has, Mm -hmm. Doug has, uh, he uses latex caulk, the clear silicone caulk. Sorry. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, so it's, you know, there's, there's different examples of, of how to do it. So it's, it's just fascinating the amount of variation you can get even. And they both look, they both look fantastic, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. The only, the only downside, and we've run into the same problem. The only, I don't know how you've done your water, Ron, but our water is a Mod Podge, Mostly Mod Podge with uh, like breaking waves near the rocks with latex with a uh, silicone caulk. But uh, if you use the Mod Podge, your boats you got to be careful because they'll just become permanent fixtures of your <laughs> of your layout <laughs> if you if you're not careful with it. They settle into the Mod Podge and get all cemented into the into them. It's bad. Yeah, what do yeah, you use for? I built a um, I built a module. I belong to a modular group as well, and uh, my son's involved with it now. So he built his own module. So he wanted a seaport scene. Um, so I was excited to build a seaport scene. In fact, uh, my buddy Robert Seckler gave me a, built, a bridge off his layout that he wasn't using anymore, and it's actually on the module now. So oh, wow. it has a second life on the module. But um, on that one, I actually was showing my son how to put the Mod Podge on, so he was actually doing it. So I do Mod Podge, but then after it dries, I clear it with uh, Minwax. They oh. have an acrylic uh, clear, so I don't have that problem with the boat sinking. That's oh, no, idea. can you? Is that hard? Yet? What's that? What does it do? What does the Minwax do? Does it does it harden it, or what's it do? No, it seals it. So so you have a layer between it. a boat and. Um, and your yeah. uh, Mod Podge. You're just using the, uh, like, oh, the, we gotta do that. The clear acrylic Minwax. We gotta do that just to save my boats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, you spend all that money on the boats, and then you're like, oh, damn it. We, we tried to pick one up, and we did get it up. But after I did, we snapped a freaking line off the mast, and no, everything. I tried to reattach it. And, you did that. I wasn't, oh, I wasn't willing to touch it for I know. some reason. <laughs> I know. I know. That's a good I was idea. Like That's trying a, to force it up. I like that tip. We're going to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's, I believe that was Dave Ferrari's idea. It's not mine, so I'm not taking credit for it. But <laughs> somebody mentioned it to me. Um, you got to put. Uh, I, I forget who told me about it, but somebody said you got to make sure you put your uh, midwax. Put like a, a varnish on it, otherwise it's going to. Yeah. You have a problem. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wish we'd have known that before. You We're definitely doing that. <laughs> yeah, we fixed it. We fixed it. You can't tell, but it's um, it's it's still heart wrenching when something when something snaps and you've done all that work on it, and they're like, oh no. But um, no. the um, now now you like you said, you use the Mod Podge, and, and we know Doug has used the silicone, and um, then of course. Also, there's the AK product out there, and Doug sells that as well. In fact, I bought it through him. Um, there is, he makes these water type products as well in these small jars, and I bought some of that. So we got a little mix of everything, and now I'm confused as to what I want to use. Like, I mm-hmm. kind of overloaded on different types of product. I'm going to see if we can't blend them all together somehow, but, but um, have you worked with any AK interactive products? Um, not yet, but I, I plan on it. The only thing I've worked with was their asphalt and concrete um, 
material. Okay. Yes. And that stuff is amazing. Uh, yeah, we got to try that. I haven't tried the asphalt yet. I, I've got all the paints and the different, uh, the chipping fluids and you know, the different washes and, and, of course, the special effects stuff. In fact, I got some of it from the show. I bought it from you when you were at the show. Um, at the time, I didn't know who you were. But, um, yeah, you were watching Doug stand, and I went over there, you know, his, uh, his setup, and I went over to buy some of that stuff there. Yeah. It got cleaned the, out, uh, too, the by the way. fluid is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's two different types they make. They have a heavy chipping fluid, and we talked about this on the show. I'm pulling it down now. And then they have the worn effects, which pretty much does the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had better luck with the worn effects at the, on the super small scale than I have had with the heavy chipping fluid. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, it, it just, it, it makes a smaller, um, you know, it, it takes the paint up in, in smaller areas and, uh, it's a little easier to control. Sometimes the, the chipping fluid came off in too big of chunks for me. Uh, but you know, I mean, you want to eat, like he said, you work with them a little bit and you figure them out, you know, but, uh, they do have awesome products. It's, uh, it's something that, it's going to be huge. I think it's going to catch on and start. Huge, I, I feel it. But, uh, um, yeah. So, um, at, at the show, will you be, where will we find you at the show this year when you're not, when you're not doing your clinics? Are you going to be helping Doug again or? I'll probably be helping Doug or working, um, helping out Jimmy or yeah. I, I, I'll probably be floating around. Be I'll, be, around. I'll be around. And you're gonna be you're gonna come over and visit us and hang out at our table a little bit too. Not me. <laughs> oh, not with Brett. Yeah, because Brett Brett's gonna be all super jock that weekend. So uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, really funny. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm I'm actually I'm actually happy for what you're doing, man. It's, but, uh, it's gonna be great. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yes, you'll be there. And are, do you go to the um, uh, the Springfield show as well? Yes, I do. Um, my uh, modular club. Um, That's sets one up there every year. That's one we really need to get out to. We will be there this year. So, um, well, yeah, that, you, de- you definitely need uh, you definitely need two days to uh, to get through that show. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's that's that's one that, that's a good show. Save your money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I have not met a show yet that I came back uh, with much money left. <laughs> but um, <laughs> now, um, is uh, what what do you have going on right now on your workbench? Well, right now my workbench, um, get ready to do a um, another scratch build. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing a clinic for the um, New Haven Railroad Historical Society coming up next month. So I'm doing it on a section of Bridgeport that existed a long, long time ago. So I kind of want to fill it up with some more buildings, so I'm trying to get some of it done. I'm I'm not sure how much I'm going to get done, but um, I'm scratch building an engine house. Okay. So it's going to be a combination of brick and um, wood. So... uh, my own little design and we'll see where it goes but uh, it should be good yeah it's a two page yeah, engine house it says so. brick and wood so it'll be like yeah. um, 
Yeah, that's a that's a you either usually see one or the other. So that's that's really cool. Well, I like to I like to put like a little bump out on it, so I figured uh, wood would be more appealing. And um, yeah, definitely. And then I'm gonna mount it on one um, sixteenth mat board, mm-hmm. and then I'll make the mat board look like concrete. Okay, um, that's pretty cool. I, they now, I guess is uh, now it's, the mat board itself will be your concrete surface for everything. Okay, Correct. Gotcha. So I'll, gotcha. I'll actually sit the building right on top of that. And I, and I just use the regular stuff you buy at Michael's. Um, mm-hmm. I buy it by the big sheets. Right. And um, I just I get the uh, the black one, the black mat board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I shape it to where I want to shape it, and then I, then I paint it um, with some mm-hmm. uh, scale coat paint, the aerosol. Mm-hmm. I'll paint it uh, either aged concrete or concrete. Then I'll add my expansion joints and weather it up and go to town on it. Huh. Now, now, when you said you use the aerosol on that, do you do, you do any uh, uh, airbrushing at all? Or? Yeah, yeah. And occasionally, I'll bring out the airbrush, but um, I always like to teach myself techniques without using an airbrush because right. if I go, if I teach a clinic or I show somebody how to do something and they don't have an airbrush or can't afford an airbrush or right. don't want an airbrush, I got to be able to show somebody to do the same technique without one. So I try to teach myself. It's real easy to do a technique with an airbrush, right. but it's, I think it's that much harder to do it without it. So I try to teach myself how to do it without an airbrush and then I can always go back. But, um, right. The airbrush I usually do if I'm painting a locomotive or if I'm weathering a car or mm. stuff like that. But most of the time, it's a lot of my weathering is all by hand. All by hand. Now, do yeah. you like using a, that's the sponge method on the walls? or? Yeah, do you do that yeah I, 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 I do that a lot. And uh, start, I started teaching myself another technique. Um, actually, I got two projects. I have too many projects going on right now downstairs, <laughs> actually. I'm building uh, one of Jimmy Degnan's kits, and uh, I'm teaching myself how to take the um, acrylics and thin them out mm-hmm. to where they're almost like a stain. And I'm staining the wood. Very cool. Oh, okay. I'm staining it with, oh, with regular. Yeah, so it's going to be, it's kind of like an acrylic wash, but. Mm-hmm. A little bit heavier than acrylic wash, but the wood is already stained already with. Um, I use uh, Hunter Line products, right? Right. So I'll I'll stain it with one of their colors, which I use driftwood a lot, and then I will go and then do my painting, and then I'll go back and I'll do the weathering. Yeah, I've not seen. I've not yet used. I've seen the Hunter Line, and I've yet to. I've yet to try them, and I'm gonna have to pick some up. <laughs> Uh, once you try, sure. you'll never go. You know, you'll never go back. That's to, what uh, uh, we've been told before. We'll we'll, we'll never yeah. want to go back to anything else. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's it's nice stuff. I mean, they got so many different colors. You name it, and they have it. So. Right now, so, um, now the acrylic wash. Uh, that's you've seen Jason Jensen stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, and I think he does a lot of acrylic wash stuff as well. Um, yeah. He was showing us how to do it one night on one of our live. Uh, we did a live Facebook thing where we were Brett and I were both on screen, and I was working on a model, and he kind of walked me through uh, just by typing in there. Uh, he explained it on his show, and then I it just so happened he happened to be on the show. I mean, on the pod, on our 
live feed that we were doing that night just for fun and i was like oh my god there he is I was, i'm trying to do your thing so explain it to me and it's actually it actually turns out really cool um you know and you can make it just any shade you want or as light or as dark uh simply by you know of course thinning it out to where you need it but uh but yeah i like the idea of putting a, a stain behind it though to start yep yeah, absolutely. Then you, then you put your nail holes in, and then then I'll go back over the nail holes with uh, alcohol and the ink, and then just then you see the um, then they pop out, then they pop right out. And a lot of times I'm using oil washes too. Yeah, I'll take a regular um, artist oils, and I'll take the mineral spirits, and I'll make a wash, and I'll and I'll wash all the buildings down right down with uh, an oil wash. Huh. I'll do the signs with it. Oh. And now I you're learned not that tech. I, I was just gonna say that? you're you're not using you're not using the model or specific oil based paints. You're just picking up like uh, craft store uh, artist based oil paints, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I use um, I use the regular oils, and then um, occasionally what I like to, I've been finding that works really great on signs is the gouaches. Okay. Because you get the same you get the same effect as you would with an oil, but uh, and in acrylic form. It's yeah. really the, the gouaches are very expensive though, but they're very um, uh, they make the nice effects on the uh, the model that you're trying to to work with. A lot of guys use these on the rolling stock too, um, but I tried messing around with some signs and it came out pretty good. Oh, cool! That's really that's really pretty pretty awesome. Um, now with the the oil washes, are you putting it on before the, before you do the acrylics? No, no, I do. I actually do the oil washes after. after so you're, you're, he's using that as his weathering. Okay, you're weathering gotcha. with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that's after. I mean, one thing I learned from the from the expo is is the concept of layering. Mm-hmm. So if you look at something, you know, you try to see how many colors you see. Oh yeah. Right. So you're not going to just see one color. So the more you add, the more realism you're going to add to that. Definitely. Um, and what what I learned oils from is was Bob Mitchell. Um, I watched his video a whole, whole bunch of times, and um, that's how I got into using wash oil washes on, on the Craftsman kits. And it really just oh, puts a nice um, a nice weathering. And it's not it's subtle. It's nothing crazy, you know. Yeah. You're taking like an old Foco bottle of um, with some neuro spirits, mm-hmm. and then you're just putting a little. Um, you get like a popsicle stick and just put enough oil right on the tip of the popsicle stick and just mix it up, and there's your wash. Huh. Oh, that, that's that's how I do it. It's, yeah, that's a good idea. It, so it's, it's really simple. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I took his um, I took his clinic last year um, and it, at the show, and it was all he is. He is a funny, funny man too. By the way, Bob Mitchell. Oh yeah, um, a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, everybody laughing, but his his techniques and stuff uh, on the weathering was just insane. Yeah, he, he does a good job, Absolutely. amazing job. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, that's that's pretty cool. We yeah. got we got a couple tips tonight here, Brett. Yeah, I hope I, I hope you I... gotta try the oil washes on your windows as well. Oh, before you glaze your yeah, before you glaze your windows, 
uh-huh. you take the oil washers and you wash the window, windows as well. You gotta stand them up though, uh-huh. because when you stand them up, to make sure that the windows are facing the right way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happens is the um, the oils they'll puddle on the bottom of the window frames, so it looks like there's dirt and grime there after it dries. Huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. gonna have to do that. Yeah, that's you gotta try. It's, it's a really easy technique. So, so when you when you wash it, if you decide to wash your walls with the oils, um, you don't have to worry about warping too much. It's, it's not going to warp that bad. Um, I usually stand up my walls too when I'm wa- doing the oil washes. Mm-hmm. I stand them up so the oils run all the way down. Because now and then you'll get a little puddling on the bottom of the wall, which is fine. It's a, then it just adds that much more realism. Right. But then you do your windows as well. You just take some. Uh, masking tape and you, you put it on a piece of cardboard stick your uh, windows there if you're using the titchy windows after you're done painting them and you just put a little oil wash on and then do your acetate or if you're using um, you know whatever way you're going to glaze your windows yeah right and, and it comes out really good cool well oh that's that cool sure. yeah definitely I mean I, I have oil paints here and I've I've done a couple little things with them I haven't really delved deep into it, um, but one thing I do know with the oil paints, and they're very much like um, the same. Same can be said for the AK products. Um, you know that you you can thin them if you think you've gone too heavy. Uh, you can always wash that out with the mineral spirits. It'll really break it down, and even to the point where you can't even see it if you screw up too bad. Um, so that's. That's that's something I want to definitely toy around with, is uh, working with the oils. Oh, that have is. you guys ever tried the LEDs yet? Uh, you mean with doing some lighting? Yeah, I um, well, I haven't yet. I bought some some LED stuff, um, but I'm going to kind of get with uh, Mr. Satori, and we're gonna we're actually gonna have a show with him. And we're gonna see if we can't do some uh, stuff with Michael Lumila, and uh, and um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start learning about it. We haven't. Yeah, it's it's well worth your time because uh, I did I put seventeen LEDs in uh, Waterbury Pen, and it's, they're all working uh-huh. on one battery. So, uh-huh. oh, and, man. Uh, yeah, one thing you do is you never do it when you never wire it up when you're tired. So I, <laughs> out of all the all the lights I put in, I only blew up one LED. Oh, no, I got really bright for a second, and then it went out, and that was the end of that. But <laughs> uh, but as far as the LEDs go, um, he has some great stuff. I buy all my stuff through him. Right. Uh, whether it's the goosenecks, the two by threes, and the micro LEDs, those are fun to do. When mm-hmm. you're trying to solder those in and you're using a toothpick to, to set them and then they go flying, you just get another one. <laughs> Great. No, we, we are excited to start working with some lighting. We have not touched that yet, but yeah. it's coming. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're, next year I'm going to build a huge building, a scratch building. I already got all the wood for it. I got the plans for it. Um, but you guys noticed the, the interior I had on Waterbury Pen, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm I want to right make this next one ten times the size. Oh, wow. oh my word! Oh so I my to, god! I have to I have to plan this one out really carefully. <laughs> um, 
So, but I built that room. I built that outside of the building, and then when I was done with it, I slipped it in and glued it into place from the under, from underneath. Yep, that's how I did it. I Very built cool. it modularly. <laughs> so, uh, I, but yeah, the LEDs really um, they really bring your building to life. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely want to try it. And um, now with his with his lighting systems that that he has. Um, you know, it's just a matter of what kind of power source is he is do we use our own power source or does he sell power sources I know that just the I guess Woodland Phoenix has a just plug and they have a power source itself they're not interchangeable with his 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 stuff right I'm not sure I'm not sure but all I know is he he sells he, he sold me everything I needed to, to the only thing I needed to provide was the battery but he sold right. me um, everything else. I mean, I use I use my own wire and stuff. I use twenty two uh, the uh, twenty two uh, gauge wire, strand of wire yeah. inside Waterbury pen. Um, wiring up the goosenecks. He he actually made them for me, and then I and I actually hooked them up inside. Mm-hmm. And the wires are as thin as your hair on your head. Oh so, my word! Yeah, those are a treat to work with. But I mean, once you get used to them, they're they're, they're not as bad as. They look when you don't get too intimidated when you see them, but and that's right. what scared me when I saw all the LEDs. I was intimidated by it, right? But then when he started explaining it, he made it really simple for you, and you know, uh, we definitely makes it. Well, I, I'm excited to put some lighting on our buildings. I know there's a couple that we did of Doug's. The the mainly what mine was the Rankin's uh, Steakhouse. I don't know if you've seen that. Yep. I mm-hmm. that has a that has this cool laser cut sign on top of it, and he's got a ton of lighting that goes like around the outside of the building that I want to pull mm-hmm. out and put LEDs in, so it kind of looks like that you know that like that swanky old school looking steakhouse, but uh you know lit up. It it <laughs> it, it looks like it needs to have like some nightlife around it, and yeah. uh, th- there's some buildings. My dad did a jazz club like that too, and some of those just they just need. Yeah, he's familiar. With- He's familiar with all of those buildings. He sells them for him. No, I know. I'm but, just saying. Um, you know, he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows the buildings, and and they're kind of right. they're like the nightlife scene, and, and yeah. those are definitely. What well, I want to light up. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, there's yeah, two things there's, I really want to put some light to. Yeah, there's Sorry, some structures out there just they're begging for lights. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, the Metzger building. I did that, and I definitely want to get that lit up. And I also want to do yep. I, not just a structure. I want to do the the Metzger building is one of the ones that that um, we're talking Ron Cedar talking about doing the uh, that's begging for it. And that's oh, yeah. to me. I think it's begging for it. It totally um, is. The uh, the other one is the is not necessarily a structure, but our harbor with the pier and all the buildings down on the front. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to do some outdoor lighting on that stuff because um, that really jazz that up nice. Yep. So absolutely. And I, I'm talking to um, uh, Bill about that as well about getting a. He has a light for me to go in the lighthouse, so we're going to talk about that here uh, this next couple weeks but uh i have i build a lighthouse and he has a a special moving light fixture that goes into it so uh but you know i mean it's um yeah i definitely we're gonna definitely get him on the show he's gonna talk to us and try and we're gonna see if we can't get him to teach us some things but i think lighting's a huge part of uh of, of of awesome layout definitely 
it just adds like, another uh, another level of realism when you're building your model, you know. And um, you know, you can you can take it as simple. You can make it as simple as you can, or just if you want to go crazy. Um, I what I want to do when I built Waterbury Pen is light up the roof, mm-hmm. and so I put goosenecks on the roof for for the roof access. Yeah. And um, that was, you know, very interesting to get these up yeah. and, and get them wired in. Because once I glued down the roof on that, that was it. It's done. I can't right. ever get to those wires again. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, what kind of battery did you use? A regular 9-volt battery. Oh, 9-volt battery. Okay. Well, yeah. hell, that's not bad at all. Wow. No. Now, how, no, and the, how many did you have wired up to 9-volt on that kit, on that building? 17. Okay, that's a lot of lights for a nine volt. Well, man. that's such, awesome such, that you can get they're, that. They're such low draw; it's not even probably an issue. No, no. True. It, it, once you once you put it on you, with the initial uh, when you hook it up initially, um, you know it's not that bad. But you know, towards the end of the day, they start dimming out, and then uh, yeah, you know, one battery lasts me a day. Very yeah. cool. Oh, that's cool. Now. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of what else I have here on my list. Um, we did what's on your work. Uh, what's on your workbench? Um, you did some any recent builds that you had, or that you did? Um, the most recent build that I did uh, was when I was on vacation. I took I took a crafting kit on, on vacation. Oh no, you didn't! <laughs> yeah. Man, I know a couple guys now that have, you know. Do you know um, Dave Criswick? Uh, no. Okay, uh, he's on. He's on a lot of the. Uh, he does a lot of the stuff for uh, for uh, Jeff, I think, and yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Grove. But he took a model, I believe, on his vacation one time. He said, and um, I don't know if he did this year. I don't think he did this year. I... But I've heard those stories. I'd be afraid to death to do that. But did, did yeah, you go to the beach? No, I actually built it on my cruise ship. <laughs> oh no! Oh my God! <laughs> and that oh man, your wife must be a saint. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's very wow, patient with me. We'll leave it at that. Oh, that's so, awesome. But the problem with but, the problem with that is I don't think I'll do it again because it was kind of yeah. You have to do a lot of prep work. You you can't bring anything cut uh, cutters with you. So right. um, so you have to do all your prep work. Um, you're probably just predominantly painting and gluing while you're on the on the trip. Painting and yeah, painting and gluing. That's yeah. all. That's all I did. I I didn't have many weights, so uh, that was a challenge. But, but I'll sit on my balcony in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean building a craftsman kit. Oh, hey. God, that's so cool. There you go. <laughs> you know what? We, we don't. We, here's what's weird. Uh, we don't find that weird. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually jealous. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, fellow modelers don't find that weird that desire. To, no matter where you're at, you you'd be like you'd rather be doing, or not necessarily rather, but you wouldn't mind doing something like that. Yeah, that is cool. What was funny? <laughs> the funny part of it is when I called uh, Royal Caribbean and I said, "Listen, I'm a modeler. I want to bring a model on board to paint." And they're like, "You want to you want to do what?" And I said, "I just want to make sure that you're not going to give me a hard time me bringing paint." And uh, she goes, it, 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 anything could be used as a weapon. I'm like, no, it's paint. It's acrylic paint. It's, it's, 
gross paint. And they said, well, we, hold on a second, because we've never had this, had this asked before. So she left me on hold for about 10 minutes, and she didn't know what to say. She was reviewing the manuals and the rules, and she said, I can't find anything. I, I said, never mind. So That's hilarious. So I was actually... Acrylic paint, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, what I did is I just took all my colors I was going to bring with me. I brought a brand new pack of brushes, and I took a bunch of craft paint, and I put it in my wife's bag, and I said, just leave it there. Don't worry about it. And I bought um, a Foscale, uh kit called uh, the Foundations Kit. It was a yeah. real simple kit. It was a, it was a garage. So I built it. Uh, yeah. I, I glazed the windows. I, I did everything right. See, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's that's funny. That's the first time I've heard. Of, I might that might be a first uh, a first in the hobby is a a, a cruise ship. Well, a cruise ship built model. Years ago, when before you were born, Brett, your mom and I went to Williamsburg, Virginia. We were doing a camping trip at a campground outside the, the historic Williamsburg area, and I had. We had a big screened-in dining fly over the picnic table. We got some rainy days, and I had taken – this is when I used to be modeling. Before I got back into it again, I was really into it before you were born. And I actually took a kit. Now, that was a plastic kit, but it was a kit. And this is before I started doing craftsman stuff. And I was actually building these kits at the table in the, in the campground. Well, we should have been out, probably going out and seeing uh, more sights. Uh, but she was actually pretty good about it. It was raining and horrible, but so uh, I, I can't say nothing. I took my stuff on vacation as well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> very cool. So, yeah, it, it was fun. It was yeah, fun. yeah, definitely. Now, um, so uh, anything upcoming between now and the expo itself? As far as what? Like, any other? Yeah, no. As far as um, you, you're doing any uh, any other shows, or you going? Oh, you did say about the the uh, the one that you're going to be um, giving a, I guess, a clinic at. Um, yeah, that's going to be in um, September eighth or ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be down in Essex yeah. for the uh, New Haven Railroad uh, Historical Society, and it's actually September eighth. Uh, there's a handful of clinics. I'm going to be doing one on. Um, how I modeled the Bridgeport Lower Yard. Um, and that's a lot of prototype uh, modeling there. Right. So basically how we, the, all the materials I used to, to model that. Obviously a lot of selective compression. Right. Um, and then so. Is that going to uh, be, uh, is that is that a open to the public thing or is that a club thing or? Oh, no, that's open to the public. Because they have actual so, show yes. and a lot of uh, trained vendors and stuff like that, but it's it's uh, specifically geared for the New Haven Railroad. Okay. So, oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Now, so if you're so, in the so New Haven, that's the in that region. So yeah, so there's people up in that region need to go check that out for sure. Yep. Yeah, oh, it's definitely. Awesome. It's still it's well worth your time. Um, because I know Rapido's coming out with some new stuff in the New Haven, and they'll be up there giving a talk as well. Um, oh, so nice. It's always a good time to go up there, and they have a dinner train as well. You'd actually take a, a ride on a dinner train and go up and down the line. <laughs> oh, Lee, that'll be cool. Now, at the Expo, I guess uh, there's going to be some um, uh, layout tours, I believe. Did you hear anything about yep. those? Or? 
I don't know which ones. I believe um, Dick Elwell's layout is going to be there. I heard that um, George Serios is going to be open as well. But Oh, okay, cool. How far yeah. a drive is uh, Celia's from there? It's like a two-hour drive, something like that? What's in Peabody, Mass? I just, I, I'll have to, I'll have to Oh, uh, yeah, it. we'd have to do Google that thing. But, okay, that's that's uh, that's not too bad. If you, Like, for me, I'm going to go up and check it out. If it, if he's going to be open and I'm, and I'm going up there because I've never seen it, um, I'm definitely going to take the time and we're going to go visit it because um, I don't get up that way all the time. And it's, you know, it's an opportunity. So for sure, yeah. When you, when you first see it, it's gonna hit you right in the face. Yeah, I know. I'm jealous. It's it's really it takes you back, and it's like, and it, you know, I brought my son up there. We both saw it together for the first time, and he couldn't believe what he was looking at. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, I've always I've kind of inspired off of that, just the same as everybody else has uh, yeah. from thirty years ago. I and um, I, it's just one of those things that drives you. To, when, every time you look at photos of it, you're like, "Oh, I want to go sit in my workbench right now and and um, you know and start working on something because that's that's where it takes you." But um, see it in person, I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, I and mean, if anyone's um, you know listening to this program, I mean, they need to check out because it's you know it, it's definitely uh, well worth your time. Mm-hmm. Um, to go up and see the clinics, um, go on the layout tours, uh, participate in the premium clinics. It's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned everything I know about fine scale model roading. I, I learned it at the expo. So, yeah, um, I, I learned so much. I only went one year, and uh, I I vowed, and Brett and I both said the same thing. We we plan on being there every year if we can, and. Uh, not only that, I mean, I took the clinics there last year, and I I, I walked away knowing and learning so much more uh, as a result. You know, even you know, even met some great people um, as well, and um, and this is where the birth of this podcast took place because Brett and I went up there and we talked to the different vendors and say, hey, you know what, we're going to do we this were, podcast. We were asking people to be on our show before we even had a show. It was it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, we did we did our our homework up there on that. But you know, like next week's guest will be uh, you know um, uh, the guy who does vehicles up there and Stan Raymond. I don't know if you know Dan. Oh, yeah. And um, Dan is going to be our our show uh, our guest coming next week. So I kind of spoiled it for everybody. I don't normally do that. But we, um, you know, I took his class up there, his clinic on yeah. vehicles, and it, it was awesome. The guy does knockout work with vehicles. It's insane. And, um, you know, so, you know, you got to meet and and see so many people. Every single person there shares everything. I mean, we stood in front of Bar Mills for a half an hour while Art and uh, J- I guess his name is Jack. Those guys talked to us for half an hour straight and, um, you know, about, just giving tips. And they, you know, nothing, they, they, no blink of the eye, no, no, hey, I'd rather be talking to somebody else or no, I'd rather not be here. It was, uh, hey, hey, just buy my kit. It was none of that. It was, hey, we want to help you. And we got that just about every single place we went, which was awesome. 
Yep, you know? absolutely. That's that's what makes that that show, that that event so great. Um, is the mere fact that everyone's there to to help you and make you make you a better modeler. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the ones the one setup was uh, it was a huge setup too. By the way, uh, Scenic Express and the gentleman there that has that, I felt bad for him. He was swamped with like fifty people all over the place, and he's walking around like a crazy man trying <laughs> to help talk to everybody about you know how to apply these things and you know all you know, all the different products that he had. He must have had a million different products there, and. I was amazed at his talent to be able to run around and, and cover every possible person that he could. It, I, I kind of felt bad for him in a way, but uh, yeah, it, that's that's the type of not only the vendors, the modelers. They 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 are very. Everybody gets together. They talk, and they, afterwards at the hotel, you get to sit down and talk with them in the lobby, and and uh, you know it just never ends. It's a, it's a it's a show from the time it starts to the time it ends. No, absolutely, so, and, it's, yeah. and it's tough not to, you know, to buy everything you want to see, you look at, because I mean, everything yeah. is, looks awesome there, you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We got, you got you know you got every man you know kit manufacturer out there putting their very best their their pieces. You know, I know for you know just for example with Doug's, I mean these are the actual pieces that he photographed for his website. And he's got yep. him right there on display, and you're like, "Oh my God, that's a that's the same one." And the same with Jeff Grove and 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 Kenny and Kenny Crump. I mean, you went to each of their places, and their their stuff is the exact stuff. And and you know, like, well, it was neat to see it. Plus, right underneath each one is a pile of their kits, and next thing you know, you're you're uh, jacking up your uh, bank account. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh yeah yeah i guess when in room yeah <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, uh, um so that's great we you know uh, i think we're gonna wrap it up here we uh we're about in an hour and a half or longer than that 100 wow 136 today yeah, yep but um and that, but it was you know why because we got to talk about modeling and details and tips and uh you were you were you know a, great help with us and and uh, gave us a million ideas it was awesome to have you on oh, i appreciate yeah. you having me on it's yeah pretty cool we'd definitely, we'd definitely like to get you on again at some point and, and talk more modeling uh because that's kind of the direction we want to start taking uh things here with the with the show um and bringing more modelers to the forefront and what better way to kick it off again here tonight with uh somebody who actually was a winner of the NMRA and uh, expos from expos. And um, it, it's, it's great to have you aboard. We appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Uh, looking forward to the next time. You got it. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Ron.